Genre. Welcome to the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we look at a great character in a great story. I'm Joe Dorowski, and this week we're discussing Wallace and Gromit from The Wrong Trousers and A Close Shave. And joining me for the discussion is producer Andrew. Welcome, Andrew. Hello. You mean, I thought we were talking, I mean, I thought it was weird that we were watching both, but I thought we were just talking about Feathers McGraw. Oh, that's the character we're going <laughs> to we're gonna tackle. <laughs> the most notorious <laughs> villain in cinema history. <laughs> a, a penguin with a rubber glove on his head? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we are talking about the stop motion duo of the human Wallace and the dog Gromit. And the specific stories we're talking about are The Wrong Trousers, which came out in 1993, and A Close Shave, which came out in 1995. The Wrong Trousers tells the story of a villainous penguin or rooster trying to misuse <laughs> Wallace's inventions for a bank heist. Uh, well, I guess a museum heist, not a bank heist. I put a bank, it, it's a museum. And mm-hmm. this was written by Nick Park, Bob Baker, and Brian Sibley, and directed by Nick Park. And a close shave sees a villainous robot dog try to misuse one of Wallace's inventions to turn sheep into dog food. And this one was written by Bob Baker and Nick Park, and directed by Nick Park. And Peter Salas provides the voice of Wallace in both of these specials. Uh, Andrew, do you remember when you first came to Wallace and Gromit? I know that you had VHS, like purchased VHS copies. Mm-hmm. So often we talk about VHS and it's VHS copies, like recorded, recorded from often. television. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in this case, it was like, no, this is a Wallace and Gromit purchased VHS. That had uh, the first three short films. I feel like it might have been separate VHS Oh, my memory is that it was a three each one, one, but I don't know. You got a grand day out, a mm-hmm. close shave, or the wrong trousers and close shave. Uh, all, um, all on one. But yeah, I, I'm not these sure. Are only, uh, half They're thirty minutes, long. yeah, yeah, special. So they would even in the in the the dark ages of uh, 1990s VHS quality, they could have gotten all of these shorts under one VHS tape. It wouldn't even have to be the double pack. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I part of me feels like I had seen grand day out and wrong trousers before i saw close shave like like i had seen them both a year before and then it was like oh close shave came out mm-hmm. and and we got it so maybe we had rented them beforehand and then when all three of them were together something got purchased and i and i i think of it as your copies i feel like you had purchased yeah this is um so so these are coming out in the early 90s uh and um i want to say the the grand day out um let me just double check when that one first came out it's like it's like 91 or something i think it is and so that is what i remember is that fox kids cartoon block on saturday morning for like a month was doing promotions that they were going to do a special airing of a grand day out uh and I recorded it on VHS. So I did have that one. Oh, that's so there is a memory of that. Yeah. OK, so that one was 1989. Uh, but I I want to say it was probably a little later than that one. Yeah, it'd probably Aaron be like Fox. 90 or 91 that it, mm-hmm. that it made it to that. Um, And this was an era where I was starting to get interested in filmmaking. And also I envisioned a future for myself where I was either a Muppeteer or a stop motion animator. Uh, and this Ardman stop motion animation fascinated me <laughs> and i watched these mm-hmm. many times and there are some specific moments 
that just stand out for me of in terms of the art of stop motion where it's like how how did they do this <laughs> mm-hmm. uh and it's it's just really amazing uh work that like grabbed me uh you know as someone who's starting to become invested in the art of filmmaking uh and trying to like wrap my head around like how they literally did things and again this is all before like the hand waviness of everything's just done in the computer it's like no like literally how did they physically get that on film uh mm-hmm. with stop motion there's there's a different kind of magic to that than live action but it's still a magic that's definitely present uh and i i just remember these wallace and gromit um shorts just being like this this is amazing storytelling uh and, and there's an artistry to the storytelling that is just so apparent i think even even to a kid it was like oh this is this is different <laughs> you know there's there's something special that's happening uh w- w- within these uh so that's my memory of like the first time i saw was was like those promos for a month of a grand day out uh that was going to be on the fox saturday morning cartoon block uh and then uh, I think they probably did the similar things for the these next ones uh, when they when they came out. And like you said, we had a VHS with them. Now, just so listen to know, these are streaming on Amazon Prime. Uh, you can go find them. Uh, and let's just dive into the trivia because there's some really fascinating trivia about <laughs> these. So Wallace and Gromit were created by Nick Park, and they've appeared in four short films. Each one of those, if you're wondering, has 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, and then... There's also one feature length film, Curse of the Were Rabbit, which has a 95% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> that's that's the low point for Wallace and Gromit so far. This is 95%. <laughs> uh, a new film has been announced and is scheduled to be released next year. Um, now, I could not figure out uh, because Ardman has some stuff that goes straight to Netflix. I could not figure out if this was going to be straight to Netflix, but they also, uh, even as some of their properties do have some straight Netflix elements uh, like Shaun the Sheep has released two theatrical films. So I don't know mm-hmm. if that's gonna be theatrical or something on Netflix, but they are doing more Wallace and Gromit. So the first short the grand day out was nominated for an Academy award for best animated short, but it lost out to creature comforts. Do you know what creature comforts is? Creature comforts sounds extremely familiar to me as, as a, well, it as is a title. A- an Ardman short uh, stop motion created by Nick Park. Okay, so he lost <laughs> so to himself. He lost to himself that year. <laughs> then The Wrong Trousers and A Close Shave both won Academy Awards for Animated Short. Curse of the Were-Rabbit won the Academy Award for Animated Feature. Uh, Matter of Loaf and Death, the fourth one, was nominated but did not win. It's the first time he lost to someone other than himself for an Academy Award. And that, that was years later. It's, it's like 2010. Yeah, uh, let's see if I can figure out exactly. I'll have to go double check later. But it's exactly when. Yeah, it's much later than the other shorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wallace and Gromit, I had no idea about this, but they've appeared in British comic books regularly since 2005. Uh, and like there was a long list of like collections of Wallace and Gromit comic books. Um, are they like, are they like collected strips or are they like narrative comic book? Is issues. that it's like comic book issues that come out that have been collected as trade paperbacks. Okay. Uh, so in a close shave, there is a sheep that we meet. <laughs> Sean. Sean. Uh, Sean the sheep has actually ended up with far more Ardman productions than Wallace and Gromit. He's, uh, you know, one of those spinoff characters that uh, just does a lot. So there were six seasons of a TV show of Sean the sheep that were produced. Uh, also, two special miniseries and i could not like to do like like, there's also some other netflix stuff 
uh, that I think is separate from those. Uh, He's the protagonist of two stop motion films that have theatrical releases. And then there's another sheep that you meet in the Shaun the Sheep series named Timmy, the baby sheep. Timmy has his own spinoff TV series that ran for three seasons uh, and dozens and dozens of episodes where Timmy is going to preschool with other animals. And both Shaun the Sheep and the Timmy Timmy Time uh, spinoff are silent. Uh, And this is like, at this point, hours of content of silent stop motion animation. But you become invested, like these these animals, because it's all sheep. And then at the preschool, there's some other species of animals Mm -hmm. uh, that are at the preschool. But all they do is make animal sounds. Uh, Like there's an owl uh, teacher that just goes, hoot, hoot, hoot. That's all he ever does is hoot, hoot, hoot. Uh, when he's talking uh, you know, to, to, to the kids. Uh, but that one is, is meant for like preschool kids. And, you know, so all the animals have their own little sounds uh, that they make, but it's like little preschool adventures uh, with, with Timmy. And then Sean, the sheep, it is just wild antics that these sheep get up to on this farm. And the farmer just kind of does a grumbling voice. That's the farmer's voice the whole time that you never actually hear words. And there's even like some episodes where like the farmer's, uh, like going on date, <laughs> you know, on a date, <laughs> like <laughs> the other person that arrives just like does kind of like, you know, just, just non verbal sounds. Yes. Because this is like what the sheep here, I presume is what the logic is supposed to be. They're not hearing words <laughs> for this. The sheep is the protagonist. Uh, and so it's just an amazing, it, it really is like almost going back to silent film, but for stop motion uh, and like the beautiful artistry of stop motion, but the kind of storytelling that had to be done, before sound film uh, is, is what's happening in these. And it's just really, really excellent work in, in terms of just high quality, top-notch storytelling. Um, and, and both the Shaun the Sheep theatrical films are the same, where like there's no no voices uh, you know, within them. I, I love it. Um, okay, so Wallace and Gromit uh, and Shaun the Sheep, there have been 20 different video games made some for gaming systems, some for like online app gameplay, but over 20, that's so many. Uh, and Wallace and Gromit and Sean the Sheep have appeared on UK postage stamps. These, I, like there were some people that said like uh, Wallace and Gromit are, you know, as important as any like actual ambassador that you, the UK has sent out around the world. <laughs> uh, there is a Wallace and Gromit theme park ride in England at an amusement park. Like uh, it, it's not a Wallace and Gromit amusement park, but at an amusement park, there is a Wallace and Gromit ride um there have been live shows but it's kind of like um if you if you have kids you may like see ads for like uh you know um like i took my kids to like a marvel avengers arena show you know that kind of thing uh for sean the sheep or didn't you take your kids to a meet one character i can't remember what it was uh it was the bluey live show oh bluey live show that's the one i could not remember which characters it was but, but like that for Sean the Sheep and Wallace and Gromit. Um, and there are, are charities based around the characters. And I will just say the descriptions of these were not super clear to me what was going on. It said they used sculptures around different cities of Wallace and Gromit. And I'm guessing money gets deposited into those sculptures. And then that money goes to the charities. Um, but that seems to have been a long running thing for Sean the Sheep and Wallace and Gromit uh, to be <laughs> used for, uh, for charities. Uh, so these, uh, for Wallace and Gromit, like there's one feature film and uh, the four short films, but they are phenomenally popular and just beloved characters. And well-known. Yeah. Uh, I mean, especially in the UK, but certainly 
uh american audiences know these these characters too i even saw like you said something about the the penguin or or the you know that we're going to talk about feathers in the garage <laughs> yeah going viral recently about like uh we need to put more respect on this this uh greatest villain in cinema history and it was just a feathers mcgraw <laughs> and it had gone viral you know with tens of thousands of of likes um because these characters are are well known and with good reason all right let's get onto the summary of the wrong trousers and a close shave but first we want to thank you for downloading this episode and we especially want to thank any of you who support us on patreon if you'd like to support us financially we invite you to go to patreon.com slash protagonist and support our show with at least a dollar per month all supporters on Patreon at any level receive access to our special quick casts, which are shorter episodes in which we talk about the media that we've been consuming that we're not yet covering as full episodes of the podcast. And we also reveal the already established winner of our fantasy box office. But, you know, even though there's months left in the year, I think we we know how that's going. Things could always change, Joseph. <laughs> and all patrons who support us with $5 per month or more get to choose a topic for us to discuss. All right. The wrong trousers. This was so much fun to summarize because it's so short so absurd <laughs> so much happens i don't like my summary's not gonna do it justice but <laughs> fun to type this up it is gromit's birthday gromit being the dog uh wallace wants to give him a gift do do you need to give context to just the baseline of who wallace and gromit are wallace a the, okay so a wallace, befuddled inventor yeah eccentric inventor of rube goldbergian contraptions very often um yeah, but and he I is, love it, is it a human he's a human that talks with uh what feels like almost a caricature of a british accent but it's not but by, <laughs> by a british person yeah it's peter salas uh who just has a very distinctive voice uh wallace loves cheese uh mm-hmm. and and he's an inventor and that's like basically the personality that we get uh, yeah uh gromit is a silent long-suffering dog that is very smart uh would would you call wallace in any way a simpleton i mean the 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 things that he invents are uh so complex that i don't Mm -hmm. know we could say that uh but in terms of like his 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 social awareness social awareness yes uh (laughs) his awareness of gromit (laughs) yes both his his interactions with other humans and with his best friend gromit are uh he lacks some some emotional intelligence Yes, I think that that's fair to say. Uh, Gromit, the dog, has all the intelligence. <laughs> has, has everything going yes. for him. Uh, except he cannot communicate it, even though he is. He like, can he, read. He, he can read. He behaves as a human in many ways. Uh, like he's he does competent, complex tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, he just can't talk. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. So it's Gromit's birthday. Wallace gives him techno trousers, which are robotic pants. <laughs> and uh, that can take him on walks. That can take him on walks. <laughs> That's the purpose. Now, uh, Wallace is like muttered to himself, like, oh, those gifts weren't cheap. And so money's a little tight. Uh, and so he's going to rent out the spare room. And a penguin arrives. But rather than taking the spare room, the penguin just takes Gromit's room. And make the first act of aggression by this thing, <laughs> the first act of violence. Oh, and and also the first time that you want to grab Wallace and say, Wallace, what are you doing? <laughs> Gromit is your best friend. Gromit is amazing and flawless. 
Yes. Uh, but Wallace needs the money that the penguin is willing to pay in rent. So he's going to convert Gromit's spare room. Or, or the or spare room into the, Gromit's the, room. Yeah, the spare room into Gromit's room, which was supposed to be rented out. Yeah. Now, the spare room is awful, uh, <laughs> but they're going to hang some some bone-themed wallpaper. Uh, Gromit is going to put on the pants and wear some suspenders and use the suction cups that are <laughs> the suction feet of the, of the robot pants to walk up onto the ceiling to paint the ceiling uh, with the roller uh, in an innovation that, that Wallace seems to have never thought of. Uh, <laughs> Just, just instantly, Gromit is is thinking of better uses for these mm-hmm. trousers than Wallace imagined. But Feathers McGraw sees it, and and Feathers McGraw. Oh well, the the penguin. We don't know that this is Feathers. It's McGraw. true. The, Feathers McGraw is is the international jewel thief. <laughs> and this is uh, I I don't know how they conveyed such <laughs> loathe inducing menace as they do with a stop motion. Of a penguin standing there and blinking. Well, and and somehow in this one, it's it in like this moment because because you get real menace later on when the penguin maliciously rubs his his flippers together. Yeah, <laughs> like he's he's like, yes, my plan is coming along. But in this moment, y- you can see him realizing something about the trousers, the way he. Uh, I say the way he looks at the trousers. He has no facial expression. It is the most simple face of a penguin that could be crafted through clay. And so Uh, it's got to be like music and like cutting back to Gromit. Like, so you see, you see that that is what he is looking at. He is looking at Gromit on the ceiling and, but something about like, the amount of time they spend on and the it, camera angle that they and the it. camera angle and the, and the, the music or something tells you this penguin is thinking about yeah. these trousers standing on the ceiling and, and the penguin blinks, but it's not like, uh, you know, like the, the furrowed brow blink where it's like no. scheming is happening. Cause it he doesn't have a brow the eyes, the eyes closed and the eyes open. Yeah. And and it's like they're, they're beady black eyes and they turn white for a second and then they're black again. Yep. It's but so somehow, weird. I know that this penguin is thinking and realizing something and scheming based on these trousers. All right. Now, the next moment of just absolute aggression from this penguin is he's going to turn on his jaunty music loudly. His, his electric organ <laughs> of, of, of just like the theme of Wallace and Gromit music, yeah. but it's just on an electric organ. And uh, play it loudly, and Gromit's not going to be able to sleep in the spare room. He's, he's he, hearing this through the walls. And he he's, leaves he it on in. when the penguin's out. Yeah, the, the penguin, penguin leaves out, it leaves on when he's not even there. Now, Gromit doesn't know the penguin's gone yet. He, he goes and angrily knocks on the door, and the penguin doesn't answer. And then Gromit's going to go outside and put on earmuffs and sleep in his doghouse, uh, which they just uh, opens some questions about Gromit. <laughs> but, <laughs> but then he's going to see the penguin walk in. And go upstairs and then turn off the music and the lights. So the penguins have been gone, but almost you feel like as a ruse or as a, uh, you know, a, a bit of deception left the light mm-hmm. on and the music on uh, in his room. And uh, <laughs> Gromit's going to come to believe that the penguin is actually a wanted criminal, a chicken named Feathers McGraw. Uh, and we are going to see the penguin slap a red glove on its head <laughs> and transform <laughs> itself from the penguin into mm-hmm. Feathers McGraw. Uh, Feathers tr- is going to trick Wallace into falling into the techno trousers. And uh, Wallace is 
the, the controls have been taken away. Uh, the penguin has, has taken the controls and turned them into remote controlled techno trousers. And uh, they used to be like where a belt buckle would be. Now they're gone. So now the, the, uh, as Wallace cries out, these are the wrong trousers and he's just going to be walked around in these wrong trousers. Eventually after an awful day, he's going to fall asleep inside the trousers and feathers is, is going to put a helmet on him with a claw machine contraption attached. <laughs> and then uh, walk the trousers with the sleeping Wallace into a museum, use the suction steps to walk across the ceiling and then use the, the claw to play like claw machine game with a, uh, a very valuable diamond back home. Uh, after he gets the diamond, Feathers McGraw is going to force Gromit into a wardrobe at gunpoint and walk Wallace with his remote controls uh, into the wardrobe and lock them in and then plan his getaway. Uh-huh. And Gromit, though, is going to hotwire the trousers to burst out of the wardrobe. And there's we get a fantastic chase scene. Yeah, just go watch this chase scene. You can find it on YouTube or go watch this whole uh, half hour special on Amazon. I can't do justice to this. It is a chase scene on a model train where Wallace or, or Gromit and the Feathers McGraw are going to be on different trains on a model train set. And at a certain point, Wallace is going to get a box of train tracks and be laying you them Gromit, Gromit. Or Gromit. Sorry. Wallace Furiously is not capable of this kind of, of no. physical action Gromit, or, or planning or or awareness or also dealing with stress he just grommet is like a tom cruise character yeah in Gromit. these things where he is capable of any physical challenge and any physical feat and he just he can do it it's not a matter of he's practiced he's trained it's like no he's just capable of doing it this improbable thing and laying down the train tracks is so good also makes a really good reaction on the internet if, if you oh. realize that somebody like doesn't know where they're going and you just throw that one up. I haven't even thought of that one. <laughs> that is, but it, that it, is a great it's, one. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, finally, in this uh, model train chase, uh, Feathers train is going to crash. Uh, Gromit's actually going to run out of uh, his own tracks, uh, but it's okay because uh, Feathers McGraw is going to fly through the air and land in an empty milk bottle. <laughs> And be be trapped. And then Wallace and Gromit are going to use the reward money to pay off Wallace's debts. The end. A close shave. <laughs> Wallace, besides being an inventor, is now running a window cleaning business. While out letting Gromit to do his job. <laughs> so it's Wallace's w- yeah. window cleaning business. Gr- Gromit uh, does everything. Gr- Gromit's going to be the one actually cleaning the windows. It's, Wallace- um, oh man, like... I know there's other things, other shows and TV and movies that have this dynamic of like the beleaguered put upon secondary person who's actually doing everything while the primary thinks that they're getting everything done. It, it'd be like it'd be like Watson solving all the mysteries for Sherlock. Yeah. And the difference is well, Sherlock really does have the breakthroughs in those stories. Uh, yeah. But in this case, it would definitely be Gromit. But I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to think and like I know there's I know there's examples of this dynamic. Oh, yeah. Uh, is it, listeners, if, if you can think of any, uh, let, let us know. But so, so Gromit's up washing windows, uh, you know, up very high. And Wallace is going to meet and fall for the owner of a wool yarn shop, Wendeline Ramsbottom. And Wendeline has a dog, Preston. And you might think, well, this is perfect. You know, you got a man and a woman and they each have pet dogs. They're both dog lovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Preston is a sheep wrestler. <laughs> who goes and steal sheep for their wool. And we know that this is relevant because Gromit's always reading the newspaper. And so you look at what's on the front page and, and it talks sheep about wrestling. This, sheep been. wrestling is, is going yeah. on. Yeah. 
so uh, one sheep, Sean, is going to escape from the these rustling activities and uh, wander over to Wallace and Gromit. Wallace has invented the knit-o-matic, which is going to shear Sean and knit a wool sweater with the wool instantly. Uh, Preston's going to discover this and steal the plans for the knit-o-matic and also frame Gromit for all the sheep rustling. And Gromit is going to be put in jail. So Wallace and Sean are going to go rescue Gromit from jail and then hide in a sheep field. Preston arrives to load up the sheep from that field. Wendeline says to Preston that th- he needs to stop doing this. This is wrong. What you're doing is wrong. And Preston is going to shove Wendeline into the truck with the sheep and just drive away. Wallace and Gromit are going to go on a chase. And as we've already established, a Wallace and Gromit chase scene is something magical. This is just top-notch filmmaking. And everything about this is absurd. There's that one point where, uh, okay, Wallace is <laughs> driving a motor car and Gromit is up on a ladder in the motor car for, for their window cleaning business. And they're in front mm-hmm. of Preston. Preston's <laughs> about to drive them off the road and Gromit is going to grab onto telephone wires and the motorcycle is going to spin in a loop. O- over the top. <laughs> over it's, the top. Uh, it's like in The Dark Knight when Batman flips the truck. Yes. Uh, and, and and they're going to now land behind Preston. Uh, and then there's a moment where the sidecar gets separated from the motorcycle and it's going off a cliff. And but then it's okay. Wallace jabs four fingers onto... Uh, Gromit. You keep calling Gromit. him. You yeah, keep calling sorry. him Wallace. The dog is Gromit. Gromit is the hero. Uh, if anything cool is happening and I say Wallace, just mentally insert Gromit. Uh, <laughs> he's going to jab his paws and, and stab these buttons and the sidecar is going to become an airplane, which is Wallace's invention. So we do have to give credit for that. Uh Again. At least we would assume that it's Wallace's yeah. invention. Anyway, there's this great, great chase. Uh, but in the end, um, well, Gromit flies through multiple layers of building material. He flies through like a wooden, a wooden wall and then a steel wall. <laughs> he has a button that retracts the wings so he can punch through. And so the propeller cuts through and, <laughs> yeah. and there's no damage to the plane. It's obviously cutting through, Andrew. This is, yeah. you know, there, there's reason here. Yeah. <laughs> But he gets to the last one. He doesn't push the button fast enough. <laughs> and then the wings break off. <laughs> so uh, Preston is going to get to a factory. Like they're chasing. But in the end, Preston does get to the factory where he has built a nitomatic machine. Uh, Gromit is able to get uh, Preston to fall into the machine. And Wallace sets the machine to a close shave. But Wendelin reveals that Preston is really a robot dog. And then like a robot fist punches through the side of the nitomatic. <laughs> <laughs> so dramatic it's like the terminator yes um and besides building the nitomatic preston has built a muttonomatic to turn all the sheep into dog food after the wool has been sheared from them sean the sheep is going to knock preston into the muttonomatic though and then small nuts and bolts are deposited in the dog food cans after he's been ground up later wendeline rams bottom visits wallace and he invites her in for cheese but she says she can't have cheese because it makes her break into a rash so that relationship is doomed the end it's over <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> oh i loved that at the end not even wensleydale <laughs> what amazing storytelling in these like these mm-hmm. stories are like there's the beautiful stop motion which we're gonna have to go and talk about some but also there's just utter absurdity like this is almost dadaist <laughs> in mm-hmm. what happens in these stories yeah, and yet there's a cohesive logic that you know prevents it from just being absurdity for the absurd you know for the sake of absurdity uh but it, like writing the summary i'm like this is one of the strangest stories i've ever summarized in almost 500 episodes of this podcast mm-hmm. um i do want to shout out two moments of stop motion that 
I remember just loving as a child uh, and made me want to become a stop motion artist, which I'm not. And there's a little regret there. Uh, but also I still like just stopped and watched it and was like, this is so good. Um, when the wrapped trousers get walked out, there is this, uh, so they, they're, they're like in wrapping paper and they've got ribbon tied down the front of each leg. And with each step, there's a little puff out of the ribbon as the momentum of the step makes the ribbon move. And mm. just thinking about like the time and effort and the, the math, awareness, the, the awareness and the math that would have to go into <laughs> um, getting the timing of those ribbon puff outs just right with each step, uh, you know, the little sign that there's motion and momentum and, and weight in this world. Um, I love that so much. And then in uh, a close shave when they're doing the, the window washing and grommet gets hit, with uh the bubbles and then uh because he loved he, he's built a spray machine that sprays bubbles up from the ground to mm-hmm. a window very high up where oh, grommet is up on the on the uh on the ladder well grommet's gonna get hit with with his bubbles for the the physical comedy of that but then behind him these bubbles just keep popping in random patterns it's not like mm. oh just you know this whole bunch popped and that whole bunch it's like individual bubbles are popping i, I even now i look at that i'm like Stop motion wise. <laughs> How are they making this all happen? Uh, it's just perfection. I love it so much. Let me submit two two stop motion elements for for you to mm-hmm. think about I, again. Like, oh yeah, let's just appreciate it for a minute. In the wrong trousers, when Wallace wakes up and he and he gets mm-hmm. a breakfast, you know, yeah. made for oh, him by his contraptions. I was going to talk about this for sure, but let's the. The toast pops out of the toaster and then is shot by a glob of jelly mm-hmm. and then lands on his plate. And it's just like, that must be one of the most complex things because it has to replicate not just like falling physics, but also launching physics and splatter physics and mm-hmm. clatter, and like clattering the against the plate. Like, and, <laughs> yeah, it's so, in the air. It's got to be a little trickier for stop motion. Like, I assume there's like wires and everything, but it's like, but then you have to get it positioned so perfectly with the wires coming up out of the toaster, holding in place, getting hit by the jam, mm-hmm. being pushed backwards, falling down. Like, uh, that's a lot of physics. Okay, and I want to follow this up with uh, that. That's what we see at the beginning, and then this gag gets followed up on. Later on in the episode, mm. uh, Gromit is going to fall through the bed and land in the spot, and the, the Rube Goldberg machine is going to start going. And but nobody put the toast in. There's no bread in the toaster, though. And so you get all the exact same timing as before, and then it gives a shot of the toaster going, and you and then it cuts to like Gromit's eyes looking at the toaster like, and then seeing there's no toast coming. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> and yes, you feel the, oh, no. And then he gets hit in the face with the jam. And mm-hmm. the comedic timing of that jam hitting Gromit is like it needs to be taught in colleges because you know what's coming. Mm-hmm. But then it's also I stop to think about the math of doing the conversion for timing and stop motion because it hits his face oh. at the exact same moment, you know, at the exact perfect moment for comedy's yeah. sake. But it's not like. You know, in editing, where he's like, well, we've got the footage. We're just going to, you know, tweak it a half second here. It's like, okay, how many frames do we need of his mm-hmm. eyes doing this look? Uh, you know, how long are we going to hold that? How long are we going to hold the, uh, 
you know, the splat, you know, how are we going to show the splat hitting him? How are we, mm-hmm. how long are we going to hold that like grimace after he's been splat? Like, there's math involved in figuring out all of this perfect timing out in a way that's different from live action where it's like, okay, we're going to tweak things just a little bit here and there uh, to find the funniest gap between setup and punchline. Cause you can convert, you can convert it into frames if you have the amount of time, but somebody has to decide how much time is a beat. Right. In comedy. And it's like, and well, whoever was doing that, I assume Nick Park nailed he, it. He got it. Um, <laughs> the other, the other one is, is again in, in the breakfast zone, but it's in close shave when the porridge is it, the porridge launcher is broken and it plasters Wallace against the wall. And then he peels off and there's a, a Wallace shaped gap in the, in the porridge spot. But they do, they have to do like animation of the viscosity of the porridge because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it peels away, but there's like strands for a certain amount of time. And so they have to determine like, how long do those strands get? before it looks wrong right how long are those strands for porridge as opposed to jam or cheese or mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. got to be the right texture and so it has to peel and break away and stretch the right amount and it's just perfect one other thing just to to complement with all of the stuff that we've been talking about it's such a small team of people working on these wallets of grommet things you know compared to a movie right yeah. it's a relatively small group the sound design is mm-hmm. impeccable on this and it, and it adds to it so much like the sound design of the trousers is perfect. The yeah. sound design of like the toast landing on the plate and the nitomatic mm-hmm. or the, or the robot arm bursting through <laughs> the yes. nitomatic, like the, the sound beat that hits with that. And like uh, the trousers on like... different surfaces when the trousers go onto the air vent. Yeah. And it's just the thunder of it mm-hmm. um julian not is the film composer that's done the theme song and all the music i believe for all of the Wallace and gromit things at least that's what i see here in this quick uh mm-hmm. quick note on wikipedia and the the song is also perfect like it's just the right tone for mm-hmm. for what this is where it's it's whimsical it's emotional it's silly uh but but you know, you're supposed to feel real things. It's not just gag, 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 even though there's so many great gags. Uh, like you're supposed to feel sad when Gromit is out in the rain and you do like you feel mm-hmm. it. And the music is one of the reasons. And, uh, you know, the color choices and the lighting uh, and the pacing and and the choice of camera angles that they do, like all of those are mapped out. Uh, the, the storyboards for these before they they start the stop motion must be so intense. Oh, I certainly hope so. Yeah, <laughs> for, for, for this. Uh, but that's the kind of work that yields something that just kind of feels like, well, well it's perfect. I wouldn't change anything. Mm-hmm. And one thing that's really interesting about this is if you go watch A Grand Day Out and then uh, The Wrong Trousers, it's like, oh, the, like, the, the craft of stop motion has improved. Like the, the look of, of everything. Like it feels more advanced and more polished. And then from... Uh, the wrong trousers, the close shave. It's like, oh, they're they're doing stuff like the bubbles and the porridge that is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, than what you we can saw see before. the advancement. Yeah, they they've made advances, and and yet each one also feels perfect for what it is. Uh, and I'm sure, like, if we went and watched the Curse of the Were Rabbit and a Matter of Loaf and Death, and then whatever the one that they're making working on right now, it's like, going to begin. Like, oh, there's like leaps in the craftsmanship, but each one is still perfect for what it is and and when I, it was made and. There's also 
just the little things that you can see in it that indicate that it is done by hand and like there's people working on it. I mean, you can see you can see fingerprints in the yeah, clay. And that's something that I don't think you see in like by the time they're doing the Shaun the Sheep spinoffs, you don't see fingerprints anymore. And uh, I was like, it, I kind of love uh, seeing the fingerprint shift around. Yeah. And you definitely see that more in the first one uh, that we're not talking about the, the mm-hmm. grand day out when they go to the moon. Yeah, it's it's cheap. the roughest that's one. The whole plot. That that's the one you you see the most, but you do still see it in uh in the wrong trousers. I think even more so than in uh, a close shave. You you can see, like you said, those fingerprints where it's like, oh, someone is like touching this that. and making and making the change and then <laughs> taking a picture. Mm-hmm. And it it is so painstaking uh, that, like I, I like I said, I you know, around this time I would get my family's giant camcorder that would hold the whole vhs tape and do the like press 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 record press stop like just as quick as i could because you couldn't actually do frame by frame and then go you know make stop motion in that raw form (laughs) you know and you go move whatever i had set up you know just a little bit and uh you know so often i was like making mistakes and you know i moved it too much or or i missed hitting record you know whatever it is like it's so easy to make mistakes with this uh but there's no mistakes i think in wallace and gromit <laughs> it is so <laughs> professional and so good um we talked some about like kind of setting the stage for who these characters are but do you have favorite moments uh from these not not like oh the magic of stop motion but like just mm-hmm. a story beat where it's like oh you really nailed the the exact right story beat right here um I I don't know if oh I mean there are I don't know about story beats in particular. There's a lot of like perfect comedy beats. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if I think about it for the story in particular. I think about it just like this is a perfect moment. Yeah, you know, it, it, like it it it's not necessarily because it's part of the story. It's just oh this is it it just this is perfect. You know, yeah. like the stories are not are not the point of this. Yeah. They're, you know, they're it's big. It's broad, all the little silly, things. Uh, silly things that are still, like I said, they do have um, real emotion and heart to them, but they're so silly. But seeing Gromit look at the poster for feathers McGraw and like contemplating, <laughs> like this looks really familiar. This looks really familiar. And just like seeing that on his face is fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I Gromit's my favorite part of all of this stuff. Um, and I think in, in a close shave, we get a little more of his like exasperation and his like, okay, Wallace, (laughs) um, kind of tone. So in the beginning, when they're about to head out to wash windows, Wallace pushes a button and goes through this whole contraption to get geared up, you know, overalls and helmet and everything. And he, and he you know, gets rotated to get onto a motorcycle and then Gromit just like opens the door and basically rolls his eyes as he climbs into the sidecar. Yes. He's just like, okay, uh-huh. <laughs> like I'm just going to walk out of a door from the kitchen. I did not have to go through a whole contraption to get ready. I mean, it's um, almost like in the old 1960s uh, Batman TV show. If you watched Adam West, like go down the, the fire pole mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, get a, into the Batmobile and do the spinning turntable. And then like Robin just walked out the front door and hopped in the sidecar. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and then there's another moment of Gromit's reaction when they are putting Sean through the Nidomatic for the first time. Wallace says, we've tested this on Gromit, didn't we? And Gromit looks over and kind of has this like 
this like <laughs> negative memory of it. Like, yeah, I went through this like 12 times while we were testing. And it's just like this like pain, like almost trauma. But he's not like he's he's not truly traumatized. He's not like uh, he's just like, mm-hmm, yep, I did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, though, I, I think that's a good way to think about it. It's like there's so many perfect moments. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I do, as far as like emotional beats, when uh, Gromit is kicked out of the, his own room and then like it just keeps getting worse and worse for him. Like, I feel so bad for this little hunk of clay. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. You know, you, you do get um, real pathos uh, that's being delivered through some of the simplest um you, you, character design um because it's, it's like you said so often it's just like a little look uh you know or a blink like how long do they hold on the on Gromit's face and then show a blink and the timing of it is just like somehow evokes emotion in us as, as mm-hmm. viewers um and the, you know when we talk about perfect moments it can be the the hectic stuff like Gromit laying the the track for a model train you know, in front of the, in front of the car, or it could be feathers McGraw whipping his, his, his flipper across the the glove and letting each finger of the glove <laughs> back up. Yeah. He like <laughs> in, admires himself. He's like p- pushing his hair back and admiring. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, looking in a mirror, you know, I, and it, it, it's one of those things though, that it feels like sometimes like finding those perfect moments in traditional filmmaking and, and storytelling. Sometimes it's like an actor doing a thing and and like the camera, camera captures just right. And the director's like, oh, I love that. Let's do that again, like three or four times. This is, again, like it's all storyboarded and plotted and has to be uh, planned meticulously. There's no finding something by accident. And then, uh, you know, in, in stop motion. Yeah, and then they have to, they have to nail down like what movements or timing conveys what we want to convey. And it's such an, an interesting thing artistically. Um, I think stop motion is unique even from traditional or computer generated animation in having to, in three dimensional space, manipulate the, like literally manipulate the clay into mm-hmm. exactly what is supposed, what conveys what you need it to convey in very minute ways. Because also you, you want to do as little as possible, right? These are simple characters. They are, mm-hmm round and squishy right? you know and it, it's it's it's, mm-hmm. it's simplified um, and and i think that's one of those things that that we talk about sometimes with with art and you know understanding and and those kinds of things where it's like oh but when you get it right and and it's simple it's even more impressive for being so simple and and also like getting it right when you when you look at this and you see how right they get all of those small nuances and, you know, a thinking face, a person putting their, their finger and thumb across their chin because they're thinking and, and all those little things like, Oh yeah. It's really impressive to get it just right. Even in a simple character or a simple setting or a 30 minute short. But when you get it right, it's really amazing. And, and then I think about like, Oh, there's so many full length movies with so much technology and so much time and energy where I don't know if they ever get a single moment as right 
as this gets (laughs) a dozen moments, you know? And, and I, I, in some cases, I wonder if like computer-based animation might prevent some of it, right? It might limit your ability to really get it just right because the computer is doing so much or it's automating so much or it's calculating so much that it it's missing the artist in some cases i think mm-hmm. and, and you know i think about this all the time with with computer animation and, and traditional animation and but also grommet is a mime because he's silent and that means you have to be even more effective and precise with it and so i think of like aladdin and the magic carpet and some of the the animation that they do with that for conveying emotion through body language, but also it's not body language when it's a magic yeah. carpet. It's, you know, it's a flat rug uh-huh. that can bend and fold. Well, I mean, there, there's so many silent uh, animal sidekicks in in Disney mm-hmm. animation and in computer animation that it's just a different skill set. And when it's done right, it's like, it does stand out. I was like, oh, you know, that reindeer in, in Frozen actually has so much personality, uh, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and things like that. Um, and when we're talking about the stop motion, I still just get flabbergasted when I think about like some of those complex scenes where um, it's okay. In between frames, I have to move, you know, uh, the ear. I have to move the eye. I have to move the mouth. I have to move each hand. I've got to move the clothes to make it look like something's rippling. Cause there's, you know, the, the airflow is coming in across something's moving through the frame and I got to make sure I move that. It's like the checklist of everything that has to move to capture the next frame at times it had to be dozens of, of things that are being physically manipulated by the animator. I mean, and, how many, how uh, many it, sheep it just are... <laughs> during the chase sequence <laughs> on the ladder, how many sheep are there? Uh, right. Oh, I'm not sure. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, it, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like the, like thinking about how this story is being made is sometimes as magical as the story itself that that you're getting Mm -hmm. in you know that that we're being given which is a great story that i i love this story i love these characters i love the laughs that it gives me but i also find myself still feeling that real magic of movie you know movie making uh you know like like that old school magic of how how do they actually do this uh and it is um it's just a joy to behold and and i'm really like anytime i hear like there's another ardman uh, project is like oh I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that like there's gonna be a new uh, a sequel to Chicken Run uh, is is gonna be coming out uh, later this year it's like oh, you know that's gonna be good <laughs> it's just uh, I just trust the Ardman name and that's the kind of reputation that they've built up through decades of of putting out quality work um, and I just thought about something oh I've never thought of before yeah. Gromit flies a plane. Mm-hmm. So that's got to all be wire work, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's be, some sort uh, of like wire or either wire or, you know, uh, you know, some, something underneath the plane, you know, yeah. some some form. Uh, but you know, like we uh, see it, you know, open in space. And so they've got to be doing something. But it's like, yeah, wait a second. I don't know. I mean, uh, it's entirely, uh, you know, possible that they do do maybe some removal of yeah, a digital uh, you know, removal or, or something. Yeah, some digital removal of stuff. But you know that like all the the motion is being done through that manual work. Uh, you know of, mm-hmm. of of these these animators. And I saw a list. I've I've lost it now. But it, when I was looking at trivia, of uh, you know all the Ardman animators that have gone on to work on other like basically, if it's stop motion, it's probably 
if it's not being done by Ardman, it's probably coming from someone who who did some time at Ardman. Yeah, I think <laughs> you know, I think the studio that made it. The major stuff for, the, for like Leica is is mm. part of that pedigree. Yeah, they, like these these animators, uh, it is the the house that uh, it seems like a lot of people go and cut their teeth on uh, to learn the craft of, of stop motion. Well, Andrew, do you have any final thoughts about Wallace or Gromit? It's really good. It's, yeah, it is. It's just a delight. Like, like when you said we should do Wallace and Gromit, I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't actually gone and watched those in a while, uh, just because of its access on streaming was a, it seemed a little more readily. My kids have watched mm-hmm. way more Shaun the Sheep uh, and TV. Time. Yeah, Shaun the Sheep was like uh, a like a big Netflix thing for mm-hmm. a while. Yeah, and so I've definitely watched those more recently than Wallace and Gromit. Like I just haven't gone back and watched the actual you know Wallace and Gromit where Shaun the Sheep comes from, and having this on, I was just like, oh. Like I, I had both like the nostalgic memory, but then also that pure joy of saying this isn't just nostalgia telling me this is good. This is really good. Because uh, mm. <laughs> I don't know if you've had the experience of like, I loved that when I was a kid and you go and watch it. You're like, I love this because I was a kid and there was mm-hmm. no other option uh, <laughs> to watch. This isn't actually good. Uh, but this one, it's like, oh, I love this one as a kid. And it remains just excellent. Uh, yeah, so, there there so. is still so much to appreciate and enjoy and to like gain something from you know, artistically and, and just seeing like the effort and, and the precision. Just because of the timing of when I could watch this in prep for this podcast episode, I watched it alone in my office. Uh, my kids were not around, but I was thinking like, I need to make my kids sit down and watch this. <laughs> and say, so, you know what? Family night, we're watching. We're watching Wallace and Gromit and we're all just going to to uh you know enjoy this and um you don't have to like get it as enraptured with the the craft of stop motion like i did at a young age but i don't think there's anyone who could watch this and not not have a good time uh, you know it's it's just good quality storytelling all right that is going to wrap up this episode thank you for joining us for show notes and links to all the other great dueling genre shows go to duelinggenre.com also please subscribe to the protagonist podcast in your podcast app of choice and please leave us a review that really helps us out We'd like to thank Scott Talk to you, composer, art, theme, music. Thank you again for listening. We'll be back again next week to discuss another great character and a great story. So Get off me cheese. Give me cheese.